them other guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hear them both cams. This what the people need. Hey, what's happening? What up, though? What it do, folk? It's your homie, homie, CL. We back live on the Rundown South Podcast. Gotta know that. And I'd like to thank y'all for joining me. However you're joining me, I do appreciate it. Hopefully, you came through from therundown.com. That's D-A-Rundown.com. Gotta know that. And if you like this podcast, you can get it every time. Come outside and you gotta wait for that thing. Come right straight up to you. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, just go to your favorite podcast catcher, whether that be Stitcher Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, wherever like you get podcasts, man. We trying to be out there for you. You dig? And uh, today I wasn't supposed to have a couple of guests that helped me break down this Jay-Z and Rock Nation and NFL deal that's just signed. Uh, looks like I won't be having those guests as of right now, so I'm just going to pilot the ship myself. Then after that, I want to talk a, a little bit about the way Netflix is betting big on black. And this is not a casino. So, of course, I'm not talking about chips on the roulette table. I'm talking about black culture and especially black comedy. Um, and then after that, I just got a few notes that I got from the Twitter machine that I want to share with y'all. So, uh I guess we could try to get into the lighter topic and then I'll fade into the Jay-Z talk. But uh, so I was scrolling on the Internet, looking at my Netflix and Twitter, of course. And I see that Eddie Murphy has a new movie coming out uh, where he's playing Rudy Ray Moore and Dolomite is my name. Now, at first, I thought it was a Dolomite remake. It wasn't. It was actually the story of how. Rudy Ray Moore made the movie Dolomite and some of the comedic genius that he displayed in putting that whole thing together. I'm all here for it. Um, and then like a couple of days after that, you know, we get word Dave Chappelle's coming out with a new special. Um, and then within the last week, I guess I took a few days off Netflix and just like everything popped up. Uh, Sex Tuplets just dropped with Marlon Wayans where he's playing, you know, six different characters getting his Eddie Murphy on. Um, and then Tiffany Haddish, she recently got a deal for a Netflix special, and she also has a new series on Netflix called They Ready, where she's giving a platform to people who have less of a voice, like women of color especially, um, is the emphasis on this one. But I've seen it to be... Um, all, all sides of the diversity spectrum. Let's just put it right there. We're gonna leave it right there. But she, she's definitely doing her part, expanding her platform, and proactively bringing people up. 
So shouts out to her and shouts out to Netflix. Now I say all of that um, to get to the point that Netflix really likes black comedy. Now you're probably wondering why does Netflix like black comedy so much? Well, you know, quite frankly, if you ask another black person, they're going to tell you that black comedy is much funnier than white comedy. And we're not going to get into that. There are some nuance to that situation, but most of the time you can take more black comedians in a white room than you could go vice versa. For whatever reason, we're just way better at working both rooms. Um, I, I haven't quite got the specifics on why or how I would love someone to come on the podcast and help me break that down. Uh, but the point being black comedy is going to be a stake for Netflix going forward because we're one of their main consumers. You know, when, when you look at core cutting, I'm not sure if you look at it just as in, this is a millennial thing where just a new generation of consumers is not being tied to cable. But if you look at it from an economic standpoint, you look at who's trying to do the most with the least, you can absolutely start with the black community. And this is no shock. This is not something that um, people are not aware of, but it's a thing. And I feel like with all the data that Netflix has, they can tell who's watching what, how many times it's getting viewed, how many times, uh, or not how many times, but how long you're watching these shows for. Like they have so much information and it's telling them that we have a lot of black people watching a lot of black stuff. You know, I mean, and this is not a brand new wave. Because, I mean, you they just did Wanda Sykes. Uh, Dear White People is in its third run, I think. Uh, she's got to have it. It's coming, came back for another season. Uh, Luke Cage went in for multiple seasons. Like So this is not a new thing that they have a emphasis on black television. But because black comedy does not have its mainstay of a platform, I think Netflix is looking to say, well, we don't actually care what it costs. We just want to have the content, which you look at compared to the the BT model, where I mean, how many times has Comic View been canceled? That's what I thought, and the reason is because it's a zero sum game. It's all about bottom line. There isn't a big emphasis on making money on the directly on the content when it comes to Netflix. It's about building the library. But when you look at a a traditional network, they have to sell advertising. And if your show isn't helping sell advertising, they got to get rid of you. But it never occurred to any of these networks that one of the things that may be more important is just having the platform available so we can grow and nurture some talent. You know, what about loss leaders? A lot of that stuff isn't considered when it comes to entertainment. It's a whole lot of bottom lining. And so I'm 
excited to see the emphasis that Netflix is putting on diversity on their platform and the money that they're willing to put behind it. You know, Dave Chappelle is the uh, probably the most important comic of the 2000s, in my opinion. Uh, you can you know argue about Louis C.K. or some of these other guys, uh, but as far as how deep Dave Chappelle penetrated popular culture, not just black culture, but popular culture, uh, I feel like it's unmatched. We look at Louis C.K. like he's one of the most artful when it comes to putting a joke together and saying the thing that was most uncomfortable and it's it's a great talent you know for a stand-up and i mean even in like the louis show it was the louis show was great but it did not penetrate the lingo the you know and another thing you know Chappelle hit right when the internet was coming up, coming upon. So it, it's kind of a, like a two prong thing. But Dave Chappelle really put some roots that we're still living with. When I say who are your top five rap, favorite rappers, and somebody says Dylon, 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 and Dylon, I know exactly what you're talking about to this day. And we still run with those same jokes. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. So when they're doubling down and we don't like we don't really give a fuck about how you feel about Dave Chappelle, we're gonna keep putting Dave Chappelle up because this is more important. So I'm really giving big kudos to Netflix because they can see that we're already invested in the platform and it keep us loyal because you have Disney coming out with Disney Plus, HBO Max, uh from AT&T. And uh you know all these other little streaming platforms that have a lot of different content it won't compare to the amount of black things that Netflix will have in the in the long run because they're putting money behind it they're not just capturing the old stuff and just keeping it in an archive they are actively making it so shouts out goes to them for that and you know Netflix don't do nothing stupid and lose your hood pass let's take a little break Once again, this is the Rundown South Podcast, and I am your host, CL. And, you know, I don't really like riding by myself. Well, really, not really. Uh, But today, 
nobody showed up for your boy, so I still got to give my two cents in on a couple things. And uh, just recapped everything I thought about the Netflix betting big on black. Uh, now I want to talk about Jay Z's Rock Nation signing a deal with the NFL for all their entertainment bookings. And on a side note, we're going to do some social justice reform. So, yeah, I got to just take my boy down. I'm sorry. It, it feels really bad that I have to do this uh, because when I initially first heard the news, it was it was a little exciting because Jay-Z had built Rock Nation as a platform up to the point that the NFL. Let me say that again. Jay-Z has taken the Rock Nation brand and company and has grown it to the point that the NFL wants its services. Now, as a businessman, that is a great accomplishment. And I think what I was feeling initially, the excitement about that was the entrepreneur in me. And I kind of had to check myself because the entrepreneur in me was like, that is fucking major. You know, he said the NFL needs us. We don't need you. He said that on the song and it actually came to fruition. They called for him. You know, but that that was the outlook that I had. Now, fast forward to after everybody else digests the news, gives their little spins on it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of did forget about all of that. So I had to ask myself, am I wrong to be excited about this partnership, even though it won't make a difference on how I consume NFL content? And I looked at who Jay-Z was. You know, Jay-Z is the guy. He's an absolute opportunist at every blink of an eye. Um, if you want to go back to the, you know, Rockaware thing and Rockefeller and Kanye, where he just kind of took all of those things from Dave, or well, he paid them off and then resold them for like double and triple what he paid off for it. Um, and it's like, man, that's your homie. You know, why you doing like that? But whatever, like it's, it's, it's a difficult space for him to be in because I know that looking at the moves that Jay-Z was wanting to make and the moves that Dame wanted to make, they did bump heads at a point because Jay-Z wanted to have more quality shit. So I wasn't really a hundred percent mad at him for when he had to distance himself from it. But then it's like when Jay-Z went to be the president of Rockefeller and he kind of screwed over Joe Budden, you know, and then, you know, fast forward to earlier this year when he was throwing shade at Travis Scott for performing at the Super Bowl. Now, I did some research to see if anybody actually knew why he was upset about Travis Scott doing the Super Bowl. And the assumption that I came up with was it wasn't. That was the issue. So really, it's like we didn't know why he felt that, but we just assumed because he was aligned with Kaepernick, because he was aligned with the causes that it was 
him just working with the NFL in general. Now, during this press junket, Jay-Z comes out and says he didn't support Travis Scott performing at the Super Bowl because the year that he had with Astroworld and Sicko Mode should have brought him to the main stage as the featuring act of the Super Bowl. And I actually agree with that point. He probably had the biggest year in music last year, and there was no doubt that he probably should have been on the main stage as an artist. But Jay-Z didn't take any time to clarify that at the time. And I felt like it was very convenient at the time. And it's very convenient right now when he says what he says. And we know Jay-Z is calculated. We know everything is thought out. So it's hard for me to say what's really in my heart. Or not in my heart, but what's in his heart. But it's like, all I know is what's in my heart. And that's that's a little fishy for me, Hove. I, you know, Jay-Z is my man in the whole hundred grand. Like, I go wherever Hove goes with a lot of things. And he's been a trendsetter. Uh, you know what you want to call it? A um, thought leader in hip-hop. And has brought a lot of positive things to the table. So it's it's hard for me to just dismiss him and everything that he does. You know, in in this sense, in this sense. But I think it does merit a discussion of what is the end game. Now the other side of it. Now that I've gotten to the, all the politics and the business part of it. Well, let's get on like two things. Co-producing the Super Bowl show. And there's a social justice aspect of the agreement that I don't feel like anyone is actually going to give Rock Nation or the NFL the benefit of the doubt. There could some be some real positive change. Like you might call me, you know, a glass half full type of guy, but all it means is to me when I look at that it means like okay we're going to make sure you put your money in the right place that's what I got from it now everybody else feels like it's just PR and it's strictly PR which it can be but when you do have a diverse um, partnership you will get scenarios where you can get more effective Use of donations, capital, resources, whatever. And that doesn't usually come along when you have a certain type of boardroom, which the NFL most certainly does. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that initiative actually bears out. I'm not going to be as pessimistic as everybody with the social justice aspect. I'm going to give the NFL and Rock Nation a benefit of the doubt that they're going to do some good. And it will actually be some good from the heart. Now, whose heart? That's a whole nother question. But nonetheless, doing some some real stuff is going to be important for them. The NFL and Rock Nation is going to have to do some tangible things in the community for us to look at this as a net positive 
I know a lot of you are going to be skeptical because of who Jay-Z is, what the NFL does, who the supporters are, and all of that and above. But I can't fault the NFL for saying, we don't know what we're doing with this. Can you help us? Somebody has to help. And Jay-Z for, you know, is known for what he's known for. And you just have to take it where you can get it. All right. So y'all don't crucify me, but I I'm right there with hope. Sorry. And on that note, I'm not even going to hold it up. I know I said I had some other things I want to talk about that I seen on the Twitter machine. I might save that for a different podcast, but I do appreciate y'all coming in once again. I'm at Sierra, the main event on all the platforms. You can follow the show at the rundown South on every single platform. Please subscribe, rate, and review. If you don't leave a five-star review, that means you tripping, and you must have been on that stuff. But it's all good to find it, Danny. I hope hopefully you got something up out of this episode, and you come back to the next one. And I'm out here. Peace. Peace.